1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
0: Twins, A is game two of the three games set coming up. Lineup card, five First pitch, six ten. Chris Atterbury, Dan Gladden calling the series. And then uh, the Twins head for Seattle. Uh, Twins win 5-4 to four last night. Joey Gallo, the hero. Twins use he six pitchers. Kenta Maeda had a tough start last night, and the manager talked about Kenta's tough go of it over three innings.
1: Yeah, he was fighting. I think he was missing missing arm side a lot with all the stuff. Pete mentioned during the game, said all of his misses are in the same spot, so they tried to make an adjustment there, try to get him back where he needs to be. Kent is a great adjustment maker, so to see him... Uh, you know, uh, working and throwing that many pitches uh, uh, just to get through, and that felt like every at bat was, was five, six, seven pitches. And uh, even when he did get it out, you know, get a couple of other guys out, it, he had to. Everything was uh, challenging. So um, that happens sometimes, and and he ended up with I don't know almost eighty pitches after three innings. That's a lot of pitches.
0: So, Ken Tamayeta didn't last long, just goes three. Twins win 5-4. Quick update on how Cleveland's doing. They're still down to the Rangers in Texas 2-0. The Rangers batting in the bottom of the seventh inning. So, there is good news in that for the Twins. If uh, Texas is able to hang on, the Twins would go into play uh, with a one-game lead. Over the division once again, Oakland coming up next, and we mentioned the Twins' schedule going forward on this trip: Oakland, then Seattle, before returning to Target Field. And th- this is another stretch of games where where the Twins have an opportunity if they can continue to get generally good pitching. Miami won three. They used a lot of bullpen arms last night. But two more in Oakland, four in Seattle. Then they come home, they get the Chicago White Sox for three. Next Friday is Saturday and Sunday. Then they get Seattle for three at Target Field. Then they close out the month against Kansas City. This is a stretch. Now, I'm not saying Seattle's terrible or anything like that, but it is an opportunity for the Twins to finally get a little momentum Going forward, and then turn the page and go into the month of August. And then early in August at St. Louis, it's been a tough COVID for the Cardinals. Then Arizona comes in here for a three game series. Then they're at Detroit and at Philadelphia. And that gets us to the middle of August. So, once again, opportunities uh, for the Twins. Once again, uh, starting with uh, a series win and a victory. Over the Oakland A's tonight would would certainly be a a good good start. Let's get you up to date on that big league scoreboard. Uh, we we mentioned Texas and Cleveland Rangers lead it two zero in the bottom of the seventh inning down there. Uh, some finals already in the books. Uh, Phillies beat the Padres in Philadelphia six four. Tampa Bay wins on the road at Kansas City six to one. That was a makeup game from the middle of June. Uh, the Nats and the Cardinals completed a game from July 14th. Nats win it 7-5. to uh, Cubs beat the Red Sox 10-4 to at Wrigley. Uh, the battle of the oldest ballparks in the big leagues. And Tampa Bay beat Arizona 5-2. to Those are the games. All the other action under the lights in the major leagues. And right now, from the Athletic, Dan Hayes joins us. Dan, good to visit with you.
1: Hey, thanks for having me on, Steve.
0: Yeah, thanks for the time. I, I, know, I know you're busy. Let's start with Joey Gallo. Uh, Joey Gallo comes back. He had a piece in The Athletic where Joey was joking about he was enjoying his time off so much he almost didn't come back.
1: Yeah, you know, I, like I was trying to think of something that's more relatable because he would stay at the Montage, which is this amazing resort in Southern California on Laguna Beach. It's like night. but I, <laughs> the, the thing I think more was the feeling, right? Like you're at the lake. Yeah. You're, like, away from work for five days, and you're, like, why would I ever go back to work? And he, he had that same expression yesterday. It was just so funny. He's, like, man, you know, this might be it. I I don't think I need to go back. I'm I'm stuck here on this beach. It's amazing. And he comes back and, and hits the big home run last night. And you could tell he was in a good head space coming back, just got away the right way for the four days and kind of recharged, which is, you know, it, it's a rarity during the season to have even more than 36 hours off, so – some of these guys have gotten really good at figuring out ways to still remain connected, yet get away and kind of turn the baseball brain off for a few days.
0: And and Joey Gallo is certainly taking his share of criticism. You know, the batting average well below 200, a lot of strikeouts. That's been his career. But, you know, there were certainly some thinking that maybe the team should move on from Joey Gallo.
1: Yeah, no, he's one of those guys because there's a lot of redundancy with the roster with him, with Max Kepler, corner right-hand or corner outfielders who hit left-handed. I mean, they just called up Matt Waller today. Uh, they have Trevor Larnick. You know, you look around, there are left-handed hitting outfielders everywhere here. Alex Kirloff plays outfield too. So there's a lot of, you know, things that you would think maybe we should move on. I Look, he's been the most productive of that entire group consistently, even though the average is terrible, even though he's striking out of the time he runs into balls and he's going to hit 30, 35 home runs. Um, And if if they can put him in the right spot, like last night, it's it's a big thing. And we saw him kind of jumpstart the offense at times in April. And he got away from it. He had that stretch of 71 straight plate appearances and a month without a home run, essentially. And they really look, you know, he can look pretty bad at times, but when he gets going and he has been going, you know, decently well, not great, but he's been, Solid and, and he's basically performing as they expected him to.
0: Yeah, and the, the Twins bench was a little thin and there were some ball and strike uh, concerns. And it, it was one of those situations where the, the bench ultimately jumped in, potentially saved Joey Gallo from an ejection, and then opened the door for him to hit the home run.
1: Yeah, he, he said he knew what the situation was and that he could not get ejected. So he said all he did was ask about the the pitch. He said, I thought that was low. Ump said, no, it wasn't low. Ump was right. Um, and he didn't put up too much of a fight. Carlos Correa was far more upset in the sixth inning, and rightfully so. You know, he took a 3-2 pitch about, you know, an, a couple inches below the zone easily. And and he should have drawn a walk that lowered the bases for Donovan Solano. Instead, he, uh, he took a strikeout looking. And there were a few plays like that. The zone was actually pretty bad last night, I thought. Um, and they're looking at the metrics from it today. Uh, it, it favored the A's by about a run last night. It was not a great zone from home plate umpire Nick Lentz. But at the same time, you got to get past that, too. You know, there, there's times where you can be upset and get, move on. Yep. Um, the, the Twins, they did a good job doing that. They won. But certainly there was a lot of meat left on the bone last night.
0: And it's one of those situations. Uh, I know Corey and Danny have talked about it, but the inconsistencies in the strike zone, you know, are, are making that automated strike zone more and more of a reality. It, there, there's just too many inconsistencies, and people watching on television can see it with their own two eyes. Yeah, and and look, I mean, we're going to find some
1: flaws with the automated zone when we get there too. Yep. it's not going to be perfect ever. But I think it'll be closer to perfect. And it's not like the home plate umpires is going to lose their job. Someone still has to be there to run the game, to keep the pitch clock going. Everything. There's plenty of stuff. Taking the, the zone out is not such a terrible thing. And with the inconsistencies we've seen, and we've seen it happen quite a bit to the Twins this year. Um, you know, I mean, look, it's, it's happened at some key times for them. That that Dodgers game comes to mind at Dodger Stadium. Alex Kirloff had the widest strike zone in the world in a key spot where they could have pulled away in the 10th inning. And I, I think that, you know, when you think about that kind of stuff, it it shouldn't impact the game as much. There's, like I said, there's still going to be a plate umpire in one form or another. So I'm sort of getting to the point where I'm all for it, even though we will find out that, you know, pitches that maybe really aren't strikes for much time will hit the zone, the automatic zone and be called a strike because they kind of, Caught a, a, a little corner of the zone. You know, Jacoby Brissett talked about that in the past. There is a curveball that he can throw that would probably just nick the bottom of the zone, barely touch it, but it would be called a strike on an automatic strike zone, and it might bounce a foot in front of the catcher. And and so we'll, we'll see some flaws, I think, if uh, yeah. if there's an automated system, but it's got to be better than what we have currently.
0: Dan Hayes from The Athletic covers the Twins. And joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline, Kenta Maeda didn't have it on Friday night. Uh, We had a cut earlier, Rock Baldelli, talking about Kenta's start. Uh, You know, the the pitching, the starting pitching in particular, has has been uh, quite good this year. And and getting Maeda back is certainly a key, but it wasn't good on Friday night.
1: No, and I, I just think that was a result of an 11 day layoff. You know, it had been a while since he pitched, but his last couple times out, he had been so good. I think that Atlanta start showed me what I needed to see the most because that was a Braves lineup that had run through Twins pitching the previous two days. And, and, you know, Maeda came in there and cooled things off and gave them a chance to win. Unfortunately, the offense just wasn't doing anything at that time and they're still not doing a whole lot, but, uh, he, uh, he's definitely got, all the the movement when the command is off which we saw last night that's when he gets in trouble if he can keep the command going, his fastball has to be pinpoint but when he has his fastball pinpoint you know his slider and his splitter play off it so well and he's really a good pitcher's pitcher kind of rather than a thrower at this point in his career a really good change up kind of guy to throw in a bunch of with fastball pitchers like ryan and pablo lopez
0: and, by the way, Pablo gets the start tonight coming off the All-Star Game appearance. And Sonny Gray and Pablo Lopez both scoreless innings of work for the American League and a loss to the National League. Dan, have you had a chance to talk to those guys about that All-Star experience?
1: Yeah, briefly, Sonny. Uh, Pablo, we didn't get as much chance yesterday and obviously yeah. pitching today. But Sonny was pretty thrilled because that's the first time he's gotten to it. He really wanted to get in the game. He got a prime spot pitching in the third inning, got a couple strikeouts. Faced a pretty good part of the lineup, too. Freddie Freeman, Ronald Acuna, like, yeah. he, he didn't – he got tested pretty good, and he was thrilled to come out of it and get that chance to pitch in front of his peers that way. Uh, you know, he's always talking about his son's baseball card collection and how he was only good enough to be on page three of his son's baseball <laughs> card collection and hoping that uh, hoping that this all-star team nod and maybe getting in the game was going to move him up towards the front page.
0: How about that? Dad's in the big leagues and isn't even on the front page. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, Injury update, Jose Miranda late scratch ahead of the game on Friday night. That was a bit of an eye opener. He's headed to the injured list. Right shoulder impingement and uh, a lot of Twins fans are going to get their wish. Matt Walner's back.
1: Yeah, uh, Miranda's been dealing with that shoulder since spring training. He dropped down his angle to accommodate and try and they needed him so badly to start of the season to be at third base because Royce Lewis wasn't ready. Um, so he dropped down his shoulder angle to throw. And, and, you know, it's been a mixed bag. He certainly did not have a great arm this year. and Who knows if it's played into his hitting at all. Um, he's just had a really rough season all the way through. He was playing catch in Puerto Rico uh, over the break. Seemed fine, but yesterday, or maybe it was Thursday during the, uh, the workout, he, he tried to throw from third base to first, and he knew he was in a bad way. They decided to put him on the IL, and you're right, Matt Walner is back, and everybody's been clamoring for this since he got sent down at the end of May. Um, he's been red hot the whole time, and uh, the, the weird part is, you know, there's Joey Gallo, there's Alex Kirilov, there's Max Kepler. You got a lot of left-handed hitting bats in corner outfield spots, so finding Walner some playing time is going to be a challenge.
0: Yeah, and uh, looking at that lineup tonight, uh, they're going to mix and match. Kepler way down in the lineup, now hitting in the cleanup spot in the ballgame tonight. Carlos Correa continues to lead off. I want to get your quick thoughts before we run out of time here about Correa moving up in the order. That's a relatively new development in this lineup. Uh, What does Carlos think about leading off, and has it paid dividends, in your opinion?
1: I think that he's been swinging the bat fine. Look, he's got a lot of double plays, and that's the, the biggest issue in his game right now. But he's, uh, I, I think, he puts together a really professional bat. He he works counts. He knows what he's looking for. Um, him being in that leadoff spot, he's had some success, and and so I don't think they're going to be qualms about that. What they need is somebody to step up and be a run producer for them in the middle of the lineup. And um, potentially good news on that front. Jorge Blanco is going to start a rehab assignment. All right. I believe tomorrow as a DH at St. Paul, uh, it's going to be a long rehab assignment. I would be surprised if he was in, on it for at least a week to 10 days um, and got a lot of playing time before we ever see him here because they want to test it out thoroughly having back-to-back hamstring issues after the knee stuff last year. They want to make sure he's ready, and they're going to take their time with it. But uh, that's a good sign for them. They need someone to anchor them in the middle of that lineup. But right now, they're they're having trouble with that byron buxton has not quite been himself he's he's really struggling and and carlos Correa obviously batting in the leadoff spot is not uh able to be a run producer from that spot as much as he would be hitting the middle lineup so they need some stability in that middle and, and maybe polanco can be that answer
0: well and to follow up on polanco i i don't think that gets enough credit for for the twin struggles he's a huge part of this lineup yeah, he
1: is. And he has been forever. I'm talking about twenty nineteen All-Star because he always hits. Paul Mulder used to love drawing him in the middle of the lineup. You look at it and during their stretch in twenty seventeen where they, they got hot towards the end of the season, that thirty-four and twenty two stretch, Polanco batted third spot, I think thirty seven times or thirty two times down the stretch. They they always have believed in him as a hitter. He is really good. He can he can drive the ball out of the ballpark, but he also can shorten up and, and put the ball in play. And, and still take advantage of run-producing spots even if he gets down on the count. It's a critical kind of a plate appearance that they really could use in the middle to steady things. They just haven't had it this year. You know, Miranda was a good bat in the middle of the lineup last year. Gio Urshela was a middle-order bat last year and, and kept them afloat at times with clutch hits. They just haven't had someone that's consistently done that Edward Julian's done a really nice job as a rookie, but obviously the downside of him comes with the glove because he's just not a very good defender. And Polanco can do both things. So if he can stay on the field, that's a great thing for them. He's really had a tough time doing that for the last year or so. and It's something that even when he comes back, it's no guarantee that he'll stay. So they kind of have to cross their fingers and hope he can stay healthy because he is a
0: key part of this group. Well, Dan, I know you're busy. Thanks for the time. Always great stuff. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for having me on, Steve. All right, there he is, Dan Hayes from The Athletic, joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. We'll have a sneak peek at that lineup. The lineup card at 530, your first pitch, 6'10". Chris Atterbury, Dan Gladden from the Bay Area. Twins and athletics, Twins won 5 to 4 last night. Update from Arlington, Texas leading Cleveland 2-0. That game now in the bottom of the eighth inning. Twins lead by a half game in the division. It would grow to a game before the Twins get started tonight. Quick break here at News Talk. e 30 Big thanks to Josh Wheeler, our producer on the program. Twins and A's coming up from Oakland. Pregame lineup card at 5.30. And then Chris Atterbury, Dan Gladden, with all the play-by-play tonight. Here on the home of the Twins, our sports coverage continues tomorrow. The huddle, Dave Schwartz, Pete Majerian between 10 and noon. Then the Twins and Ace, final game of the series tomorrow afternoon. Uh, We'll get started with inside Twins on a Sunday. And because it is out on the West Coast, a little bit later start on Sunday. Here on News Talk, 830 WCCO. Kind of an unusual start time uh, here tonight with the uh, pregame show at five thirty, first first pitch at 6.10, considering the game is in Oakland. And then tomorrow, inside Twins at 2, pregame 2.30, and then uh, first pitch just after 3 o'clock tonight. Let's get back to the lineup for the Twins behind Pablo Lopez today. Carlos Correa will lead off, play shortstop in the ball game today for the Minnesota Twins, and then it'll be Solano at first, Buxton will DH, Kepler will clean up and uh, be in right field, then Farmer at second, Castro at third, Jeffers will catch in bat seventh, Taylor in center will bat eighth, Joey Gallo the hero from last night, will bat ninth. Twins and A's in a moment here on CCO.